church is on fire for God. And let me say this on the onset from where we are taking our subject from and the scriptures that we are using uh, may seem a little negative, but let me put it this way. We are leaning to the positive in a very negative situation. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Then verse 6, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Then it tells us how to walk. Rooted, build it up in him, established in the faith, right on down the line. Then it tells us how to be baptized, buried with him in baptism. Then it goes on to tell us that our sins and transgressions uh, have been forgiven in verse 13. They've been blotted out. Then turn with me to the fourth chapter of Colossians. I'd like for you to notice these scriptures. Let's begin with the tenth verse. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers, unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Ephorus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is, which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Let's read what was said to Laodicea. Chapter 3 of Revelation. This is 30 years or so later that we find this scripture and this church written about. Verse 14. Everybody read, please. 
A red hot church in an ice cold world. Let's everybody pray. To this church, 30 years before John the Revelator wrote to the church of Laodicea about their spiritual condition. Look what a few years can bring if a person is not very watchful. Look what 30 days can bring if you're not watchful. Just look what three days will bring if you're not watchful. Look what 30 seconds will bring if you're not watchful. Look what three seconds will bring if you're not watchful. Over the span of 30 years, something had happened. And I pray tonight that this something that happened to this church of Laodicea will not creep in and try to envelop and swallow up spirits of men who have lived for him for years. There are things now that should not be named among us that would have expelled us from his glory and presence then. Will it not do it today? Is God any less exact than what he expects of his people in church? Has truth changed? Is Hebrews 13 and 8 still believed among us? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
After all, the Word of God teaches, even in Ecclesiastes 3 and 15, that which was in the past, He requireth. And it bears out in that same Scripture and means to express by the preacher that that a dispensation begins with, God expects the same to end with. God does not change. When we think of this end time that we're living in now, I believe that Jesus will return for an apostolic church that is on fire, red hot in good works, and powerful in the demonstration of the Spirit. In fact, when the grate is full of fuel, all you need is a light. And I express my feelings, and I believe there are kindred-like feelings here tonight, that the church of God is kindled and ready to go and to do something for God, and there's no wet blanket spirit, no Babylonian trial, no Egyptian bondage-like expression going to keep the church from going and growing and doing the thing it's called to do. Everybody say amen. Nothing less than this kind of fervor caused the first church to be conceived. And nothing less than this fervor will keep children coming into the church and will keep the church bringing in children unto herself. Because the first church was a going church, a growing church, a knowledgeable church, a faith church, a Bible church, a spirit church, an overcoming church, a compassionate church, a loving, powerful church. And the church of the end time is nothing less than that. For the gates of hell, my Bible says, shall not prevail against the church. And I'll still believe there's power in the church. Don't let anybody with a strange motive or expression tell you that God's church is going down. My Bible tells me God's church is going up in the rapture. The brethren in Laodicea, notice where they were. There were still people living for God in a cold atmosphere. I still believe God's got a church in this cold dry, parched world. There is a church that loves Him first of all. There is a church that's willing not just to live until death, but there is a church that will go unto death to hold up the bloodstained banner of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There were saints in Laodicea that did not allow the spirit of their surroundings 
to entangle them. And Satan, hear me tonight. Lucifer, Beelzebub, there's still a people that will not be entangled in the land. They will declare themselves. They will hold up their shoulders and they will face the enemy in faith and in truth and in power. For we know it's truth that sets men free, not error. They didn't get caught up in the net that was the downfall of the time. In fact, they cut the net. Done away with the net. Was against the net. They didn't become whirly in a whirly atmosphere. Because they knew what the Bible taught. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world. The love of the Father is not in him. Living in a world. But not of it. They kept their priorities straight. And that is what worldliness is not. Worldliness is keeping or not keeping priorities straight. Thank God you can be in the world, not love the world, not be tainted by the world, and still keep the Holy Ghost. I believe I can walk up and down these streets without sinning. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <clears throat> what would be use for the scripture that says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If that wasn't meant to be. Thank God it's meant to be. They kept first things first. They always declared, God is Lord of my every move. They planned their life that way. Had God in mind firstly in ever undertaken. Their question was always, not is this right or is this wrong? But third question was, is God well pleased with me? I'm talking about a red hot church in a cold world. The Laodicean saint took note of what had happened to others that had not included God in life's program. They saw what spirit had got a hold on those who had not centered their lives around the church. The Laodicean saint knew the blessings of making their heart God's throne room. And I still know that blessing. It's just a blessing to know that God's in your heart 
and God's in your life and you're under the anointing of the Spirit. They live red hot lives for God in the midst of an ice cold, sleety atmosphere. They knew if they run hot and cold, they would become lukewarm. Is that what you get out of the faucet when you run hot and cold? They knew if they was to be a yo-yo, they would be nothing but an up and a downer and an in and an outer. And they didn't choose to be tied with a string and on the end be a yo-yo. If they was going to be tied to something, they was going to be part of the rock. Part of the hand. In fact, there's going to be standing in it so nobody could pluck them. And that's the only place to live. Neither was they going to be like a top. Somebody always having to wrap a string around me to make me spin. But when the string leaves me, I spin for a while and then I lay down. Nope, that's not how I'm going to live. I'm going to live like Jesus lived. I'm going to walk like Jesus walked. And I'm going to talk like Jesus talked. I'm going to hold up the name. Is that what you're going to do? <clears throat> Are you happy you're part of that red hot church? Say, it's icy out there, but I feel a fire in here. It's cold out there, but there's a fireplace here. You know what this is telling me? A person that has his mind made up can live for God anywhere, anytime, under any circumstance, and if necessary, in a Caesar's household. You can be a saint of God. Whether you slapped, whether you beat, whether you're talked about by this old world. Because you've got an interdweller that's moved in and said, I'm going to abide in you. And you're going to abide in me. And whatsoever you ask of me, believing in my name, I will do it. And there's nothing too hard for me to do. Say, if you can't live it, why don't you let Christ live it for you? My God! For Paul said, for me to live is Christ. These Laodicean things, attitudes, 
don't have to become my heartthrob unless I want them to, unless I think on them too much, unless I get carried away with the cares of life, unless I get the spirit of the rich born builder. Hear me tonight. We can burn our way through these attitudes of Laodicea with a fervent prayer. How? Calling on the name of the Lord. And if so, the scripture says he'll save us out of all of our sins. For the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Laodicean line is more ferocious than the Babylonian line. Because the Babylonian line will call you to prayer three times a day. The Laodicean line will put you to sleep all day. So it's much more ferocious. We're not facing Babylonian lines today. We're facing Laodicean lines. We recognize Daniel's line, but deception covers the teeth of the Laodicean line. But most times we deceive ourselves. But Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. Say, you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. I'm not ignorant of his devices. Listen to this. These Laodicean saints, I'm talking about saints in Laodicea. They too did not bow their heart to the music of their day. The tune today is you have it your way and I'll have it my way. I'll do right in my own sight and you do the same in yours. You go your way and I'll go mine. Don't bother me and I won't bother you. Leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. That's the tune of Laodicea. But the church, the brethren of Laodicea, refused to bow to that music. They came out from among them, or those spirits, and lived a separated life. They held to the faith that was once delivered to the saints in the household of God. They continued in the love of God. And the Bible says, if you'll continue in my love, then are you my disciples indeed. They contended for one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. They believed the doctrine. But hear me, they didn't only believe it, they loved it. And there's a vast difference. Do you love the truth? 
It's one thing to believe the truth and it's quite another thing to love it. They accepted the Holy Ghost anointed message from God's messengers as if it was God speaking to them and they responded the same. For they knew the scripture that said, He that heareth you heareth me. And he that heareth you heareth him that sent me. There was no hesitation in their decision to do the will of God. They were fervent to do it. Red hot to do it. Instantly always in service. Ready clothed and armed to do it. They didn't have to repent to get a miracle done in two minutes. They lived for a miracle. They didn't have to go and pray through in order to worship God in church. They stayed prayed through. They didn't have to wait to half of their church services to get in the spirit. They started through the doors in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a red hot church. Let's raise our hands right now. They didn't wait for nobody else to pull the blessing down on them. They became the blesser. They didn't wait for nobody to pull their apron string. They pulled somebody else's. They wasn't gazers. They were participators. They weren't strangers to the covenant of promise. They were pilgrims looking for the rapture. I'm talking about a red hot church. Woo! I'm about to shout. I'm glad I'm in a red hot church. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. <clears throat> While they love to do his will, they couldn't be, they couldn't wait to be the first one to testify. To be at church. God's will had become theirs. What God wanted, they wanted. They never disputed with the Spirit. They never asked the question, Is it you, God? God, is that tongues from you? Is that a miracle from you? Is that really so? Or is Brother Creel beside himself? I'm all of it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You quit worrying about me and my heart. I don't know of a better place to meet God than in the pulpit. 
you loosen up and worship God. Glorify His name. Hallelujah. My God, have mercy. They knew what condition befell those who refused to be remade by Christ. I have a hunch, and I'm going to share it with you tonight. I have a hunch that some of them knew what happened to the rich young ruler. That turned his back on God. Didn't want to be remade. I have a hunch some of them knew it. And I know the one wrote him a letter did. For example, they did know this. Because his name is mentioned in the letter that was to be read to them, Colossians, and maybe the Ephesian letter. Some of them say a lost letter to Laodicea. I don't believe it's no lost letter. For example, they knew this. What would befall a person that didn't hold fast to the faith? For example, in Philemon 24, Demas is called by Paul, and he is among Paul's fellow laborers. In Colossians 4.14, he simply Demas. In 2 Timothy 4 and 10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved the present world. See, they knew these things. They saw in Demas the faint outline of degeneration, deterioration, loss of enthusiasm, and failure in faith. I'm saying the red hot church recognize that. When you lose your enthusiasm, you lost a lot, friend. The next thing, you'll be failing in faith. I recall a vision or a dream that God gave me of a huge serpent. The length of this auditorium with a circumference large enough that a man could walk through his fangs, mouth, and throat and go into his belly part upright and stand and this man not realized the thing that he had been entrenched in had swallowed him, and there he was standing unknowingly. And the Spirit told me in this vision or dream, that is the Laodicean serpent.
that swallow men. It's got a big wide mouth. And people enter into it unknowingly before they know it. They're standing upright and entangled in its environment. And God told me to call it the Laodicean serpent. Hear me tonight. Men will be spewed out or drawn out of this icy atmosphere. Isn't it wonderful how God can cause things to be together? A serpent is one of the most cold-blooded. Creatures that God ever made. And from this cold-blooded, atmosphere-like condition, either we're going to be drawn out of it or spewed out of it. Those that I'm talking about, this speaks of, it's in Revelations 3, 14 through 21, the scriptures we just read. Firstly, the lukewarm and the cold. The people that run hot and cold. But have finally turned lukewarm. And the scripture says they will be spewed in the original into tribulation. John called it Matthew 3 and 7. He says, you vipers. And this is the religious ones, professing ones. Who did warn you to flee from the wrath or the tribulation to come? And then Jesus backed John up and said, If you on the house stop, don't you come down and try to get anything out of your house. You better flee. And you better get in a hurry because winter's here. And then Paul backed him up and said, You better come before winter. That's the first class. But the red hot for God. Brother Bushnell, Revelations 3, 21. Everybody say hallelujah. Wait just a minute. I told you it was somewhat of something to try to draw from such a negative situation with such a positive attitude. But I'm not a negative person. 
I believe in this cold, slimy, snake-like atmosphere in this world that God has a church now ready for the rapture. I don't think he has a church that's got to get ready. He's got one ready. <clears throat> and I just assumed to go tonight while Tim and him singing. Now, I want to prove that to you. When the Lord always spoke of the church before time of rapture time, it was spoken of in a feminine sense or in, in not perfected state. But here he's speaking of the saints in Laodicea to him in the masculine sense or in the perfected state. God's got a church perfected right now. God's got a church that don't have to call a seven-day fast to get right. God's got a people that don't have to call prayer meeting every night. They're right now. No, that's good. But I'm telling you right now, God's got a church that he won't have to take 30 days to make red hot. It's red hot now. Read on to him, the church. I'm going to grant the church to sit with me in my throne. You want to know who's sitting with him? It's the church. The perfected ones. The ones that overcame this serpent-like age. Read on. Even, this proves it wasn't speaking of the Lord. He says, as I overcome. He says again, as I have overcome the world, so shall you overcome the world. Read on. And am set down with my Father in His throne. All right, read on. He that hath an ear. In other words, let him approve, Sister Bankins, believe and obey what the Spirit says. Brother, if it's the Spirit saying it, and it's the Word of God, that's truth and Spirit, approve it, obey it, and believe it. That's hearing. Read on. Go on to the next chapter. Something's going to happen for him. All right. This is the church that's not going to be spewed out in tribulation. The red hot church is going to be caught up. All right. Read on. Behold a door. And this is the rapture. A door was opened in heaven. And it's for a red-hot church 
that's blazed through this world and kept the faith. <clears throat> Lived the life. Stood against devils. And ate fried chicken. Woo! I'm having a running fit in two-thirds of my heart. <laughs> and the first voice which I heard as it were a what? Lamar Lamar where are you? boy you've missed the rapture Jay, if you don't come on, we'll call him Brother Garcia. He can do it. Don't you think he can't? He used to play a horn probably better than y'all. That's before he lost his hair. <laughs> Everybody say hallelujah. Lamar, you not missed the rapture. Now what did I hear? It said, Come up hither. You mean a trumpet talking? Make that thing talk. What I mean and get with it. Where's my saxophone player? Brother Tim, where's your saxophone player? Come here and help me, please. Hey, we in this to have church tonight and singing and everything else that goes with it. Hey, brother, get your saxophone. I don't. You make him play that. I don't know, but I know you can this. All right, now let him read that scripture again. As it was what. The voice of a trumpet talking to me. That's getting with it. One more time, brother, we're fixing to have a rapture around here. <laughs> Woo! 
I want everybody to go from here tonight and say, we had a talking saxophone at church tonight. All right, read on. Come up here there. Whether some of you've had your head down the last few days, it looks like you're going down thither. But the Lord said, come up hither. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Hey, let me tell you something tonight. Hey, hear me, church. A living spirit can't be kept under a cold slab. This old grave ain't going to hold this body down. When I hear the trumpet, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I feel like I'm plugged in to heaven's Holy Ghost electricity. For we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of God. For the dead in Christ shall be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, shall be caught up, shall be caught up, shall be caught up. me right on I'll shew thee things which must be hereafter oh no about 30 days I got red hot uh, after a week's fasting after about a six month revival immediately woo Everybody say right now, I'm ready for the rapture because I'm in a red hot church.
immediately. I was what? In the spirit. Oh no, about the third song. About the middle of the message. When Tim and him sing about three songs and about croak their throats out. Uh-uh. Boy, when they got up here and got after it, I got with it. Immediately. Immediately. Instantly. Woo. The burner was already on. The steam was already up coming out of the kettle. And all I had to do is... Hey, I'm practicing for the rapture right now. Come on. Behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sarding stone. Here you only see half of that rainbow. But there we're going to see the whole of God's plan and the child likenesses of imperfection are going to be done away with. And we're going to see the whole of the thing. We're going to get away from kindergarten expressions and go to graduated excellence. Marching down the streets of gold. We're going to know the whole of things and see the Lord for himself. And I'm going to see him for myself and not another. We need some more air conditioning in here. There's people fanning. This thing's getting too hot. The church is getting too hot. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. We're fixing to leave this world. I said God's church is fixing to leave this world. Everybody clap your hands and worship God. Say, this is a red hot church in an ice cold world that's fixing to go in the rapture. Everybody raise your hands and thank God for it. We'll give you nine minutes to get you a drink of water, go to the bathroom, and after that, no in and out, no vestibule crawling, no screaming babies. That's the first miracle of tonight. But we're going to give you about nine minutes to do it. And after that, no more kidney trouble. We're going to have church. God bless you in Jesus' name.